Hey everybody, uh, this is Patrick checking in. Um, this is my little pre-recorded intro. I'm getting ready to watch the All-Star Game, and uh, I'm pretty pumped about it. But uh, before I post the latest episode, or before you start listening, I reference the show I Think You Should Leave Season 2 a million times. So if you haven't seen it, you probably will want to fast-forward through a good chunk of it. Uh, we just talk about it a lot, and we praise it, and we get real specific a lot of spoilers. I don't even know what like the crossover appeal of I think you should leave would be with people that listen to this podcast. It's a very, um, I guess, shallow Venn diagram. But anyway, I hope you enjoyed the episode. Go Shohei. Uh, we'll be back in two weeks. I hope to keep everyone a little more updated when we post. But it's summertime, baby. We're busy living, and we're trying to get back to normal. Anyway, bye. Just a few reasons why the DC swamp hates me so much. Because I want to impeach Joe Biden. Crabs in the bucket. Wanna see you with the bottom, know she love it. When they hate, so you hit them with the encore. Sending shots, but you with the top floor. Let them pop shit, give me some drum to go pop with me. White women at the shows unconscious. If not that, the top is certain daughters. Get with that or get in the mosh pit. Where's your moxie and truth from Poppy? Young man, you not acting too cocky. Probably cause I'm feeling like the world gon' crash. Brother Honey Sun on the E class desk. If I'm feeling funny, get T go flash. Cock back blast, put him in the back. Probably gon' go. Right, you went with the live version. I did. I love the drum intro. Okay. You don't dig it? I thought it was something different. I'm in. I love this song. Emily, do you know the song? This is AFI. It is. Yes. You know Good the song. Good call. Days of the Phoenix. Yes. This is one of the two AFI songs I know. Yeah. So we did. A, I guess live to tape intro. Uh, now this is when I say comment on it so I can edit it together. Is that, is that, that Marjorie? Was, that was Marjorie. A she new knows character. how to pander, doesn't she? She does. So there's the YTEP extended universe. Mm. So she's an extended universe character. Did she ha- can we like switch <laughs> up this roster of characters we have? I can't. I can't. No, <laughs> we can't. Really bad. I, I like the characters. Well, <laughs> we are retiring a majority of them today. Yeah. So I wrote that on the list because I already got rid of it. Mostly because I was sick of reading about it. <laughs> and I think we need some sort of like refresh on the entire podcast. You say that I think almost every time we record. Well, then I see something, happens. I read something online, and I'm like, I need to. It's mostly just Mike Lindell, and I'm like, no, 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 we got to keep going back to that because <laughs> I mean, I've met. I haven't met most of the people that listen to the podcast, but I've interacted with a fair share. And do they get anything out of that? I don't think so. It's just for (laughs) me. I'm like, this sounds cool. Yeah. I play the track Crabs in a Bucket by today's Vince Staples Day. It is LP3. 
So he released a new record, and uh, I spent... I listened to it probably like five times today all the way through. Yeah. It's 22 minutes. That's extremely short. It is, but it's also... His first his first LP was a double record that was probably like, I don't know, not two hours, but it was like a good hour and a half. And then after that, he did a record called Big Fish Theory that was like 38 minutes. And then he did FM, which was like 20 minutes. That was only like seven tracks. No, I think it was at least 10. Well, we'll look it There's up. There's no way to prove that, but... So, but yeah, the, this, this one's LP3 is 10 tracks, then only I think 22, 22? 22 minutes. And I think me and you kind of concluded that like it was going to be a short album because the two singles were really short. But You guys are just prophets of music. What? So how many tracks is it? Oh, I thought you were going to say that we predicted it. Uh, no, you're saying you predicted that this one would be short. I just felt like it because he's going to release another album this summer. You know what, Patrick? You're right. It's 11 tracks. Yeah, I thought it was 11 or 12. It w- it's an LP. You can't release. But they seven have tra- that, you know, that Earl Sweatshirt track. That is true. It's and like that a fake skit song. At the end with yeah. the, so there's not that many. Songs. So we're both right. I Good. did get the tracks, we're all but you were like, yeah, there's only you got the song amount right. But today was Vince Staples Day. LP three, um, kind of a surprise release. He only talked about it a couple weeks ago. Um, I really like it. I think it's a hit. It's pretty good. I only gave it one listen today. It's um, all produced by Kenny Beats, who did... I don't know what he did off the last record, but he's kind of like the hip producer nowadays. He used to do EDM music. Now he does hip-hop. So, like... But EDM music might stink, but as, like, for hip-hop beats, it's actually pretty good. It kind of works. So... The the Pitchfork review on the, the LP is pretty informative yeah um, I, I think i would rate it a little higher they gave it a 7.4 something like that i would probably go like a 7.9 really splitting hairs here but they describe how the vince's rapping style is very dark subject matter like he- or not dark heavy heavy subject matter he talks a lot he raps a lot about like growing up in compton mm-hmm. i think he's a blood if i'm wrong about that the podcast might end tomorrow morning. Yeah, he's coming. <laughs> but, you know, he's been in gangs, but he's also, he's never done drugs or alcohol. Um, he, I just he Googled lives him clean. because I don't know anything about him. And on his wiki page, or the wiki page someone created for him, he's wearing a Violent Femmes t-shirt. That's even news to me, but what were you going to, I interrupted you. What were you going to say? No, uh, just him, the mix of him and Kenny Beats, whose style, you know, is probably ever-evolving. But yeah. th- they really juxtapose against each other well, and they create something interesting. Yeah, I think this album is sort of the antithesis to like the FM one, where FM was like summertime music, Vince Staples doing like legit music that was meant to be played outdoors while you were hanging with your friends. But he was still rapping about like important stuff. So this album, I think the music kind of matches the subject matter. It's not the f- music isn't very fun to me. No, I, not really. Okay, I I'll I'll get back to you on it. But Vince Staples probably one of the more unique and sort of like a tastemaker rap artist right now. I mean, you know, when I first heard Summertime '06, I was like, holy shit! Like this is hip hop that sounds like um, Joy Division because mm. he would do his beats were like that kind of like ice cold. Like how Joy Division's riffs were. Like he, yep. he has a track that has guitar in it that sounds like Joy Division. So I really like Vince Staples. We've seen him live twice. Twice. Yeah, I will definitely catch him again. It's a tough name, I think. I think that's his real name. 
it just reminds me of like a really bad country singer. I've never like put when that I hear di- the name Vince Staples, I think yeah. of someone That's like good, though. drinking it, yeah. from a red solo cup with their toes in the sand or whatever you, that really bad country song is. I don't know, but I mean, you're not wrong. I can see where you I can see where you're coming yeah. from there. It's also very funny because there is no other artist in hip hop that is like no bullshit than Vince Staples. Hmm. So Everybody, welcome to the stage. We got Vance Staples coming up. <laughs> Let's hear it for Vance and Staples. Emily, what do you Woo. picture when you hear Earl Sweatshirt? <laughs> well, Sweatshirt just throws everything off. I know, but I'm just wondering, because he's, he's another rap. He, he's their friends. I can only picture a sweatshirt when I hear Earl Sweatshirt. The, sw- huh. the Earl of Sweatshirts? I don't know. Sweatshirt royalty? Well, Earl Sweatshirt is also... He's even higher than Vince Staples as far as, like, a uh, tastemaker. Hmm. So, yeah. It's two rappers with terrible names. <laughs> what can you do? Just enjoy their music. I think you might like Vince Staples if you gave him a shot. You're not into hip-hop, right? Some. I'll check them out. I think it's, you would like it. It's a it. very specific hip-hop that I like. I think you have to like invest yourself in knowing his background, um, knowing like how he picks producers, mm-hmm. uh, seeing him live. I mean, me and Scott saw him at the Paradise. I did not like it. No? Really? He, he, would, he was not happy to be there. Because his audience, we were the oldest people there by 15 years, and that's not an exaggeration. And when was this? 17, maybe. Yeah, four or five years ago. But he did stuff with Mac Miller, and he was really close with Mac Miller. Mac Miller was like a legit frat rapper, where he was like Eminem for kids in college and high school. But he kind of got, he actually got good, so Mac Miller started to like hang out with people like Vince Staples and produced like mixtapes by Vince. So I think that people knew who Vince was, but it, it was a weird show. But you would like this music. Yeah, I, I love the music. I just didn't like It was like really bad. It, and the Paradise is a terrible it, place to see a show anyway. I like it, it in the I like it often, but in this case, it's all a bunch of 20-year-old white kids there to see Vince. Yeah. You know, and me and who him has a lyric about all the white kids rapping his lyrics back and to he, him he so did how did that. you feel as 30 year old white guys i did not feel great <laughs> i didn't Patrick feel great it. <laughs> i liked it but i also no, but i support I, the artist i mean vince had like anger towards the crowd hmm. it was tough he looked pissed he looks pissed all the time yeah. anyway the house of blues show i thought worked a lot but he seemed Be- because he happier. was in his element where he did a full like I can't think of a better term to describe, but it was like a stadium show in the Avalon where he had like bits and gimmicks, which I think he could, the Paradise was a very intimate show and he had to actually connect with this audience that he hated. The the Avalon was like, or the House of Blues, he was like, all right, I'm a character and it was like a stage performance. Yeah, he had all the TV screens set up. It was like surveillance on him. Yeah. So like in behind him was all these TVs. So and I, I thought he was a lot more engaged, and I thought the show was better. Yeah, and also he was doing. Did he had just come up with Big Fish Theory? Yeah. Yeah. So like that album is so good, and it's, it is. It was it was really good, and you know, I, say what you want about like indie creepazoids like myself, and I'll throw <laughs> Scott in there. Like we do appreciate an artist. Like I'll I'll follow Vince into the wait, depths. Wait, of, what makes what is an indie creepazoid? Like, give me some parameters uh, here. Well, I'm not in a gang. What? So, I mean, what like... What does that have to do with anything? So, like, Vince is rapping about these issues in, you know, California, being So, in you're a talking gang. about specifically indie creepazoids to hip-hop? Kind of. Like... You are in this case. Yeah, okay. like, I can afford to, like, drop 
money to go to a show mm-hmm. and listen to a guy rap about like serious problems that has affected him and I can enjoy it from a distance. <laughs> but like, you know, I, I don't, I can't relate to his experiences. Right. So like, yeah, it makes me an indie creepazoid. Hmm. Okay. Does that make any sense? No. It does to me. I don't want to, I, I don't want to go as far as saying that I'm like appropriating black culture, but it's very easy. Sorry, what jersey are you wearing? <laughs> Kevin Garnett throwback. Minnesota. Oh, interesting. <laughs> I got a little tan. Can you tell? No, You're not there you yet. Can't tell. Well, I think that. Well, who do you think Vince hates more? Me at the uh, House of Blues show. That's not on the floor, but kind of in a cool little spot that everyone desires to be at, leaning against a pole. Our spot. Our spot. We call it our spot. But did you notice <laughs> that our spot now costs extra money? Yeah, they made it like a <laughs> VIP area. Yeah. <laughs> How many they people, roped it off the next time we went. Specifically time, tailored to indie creepazoids. I can't. I don't go that high. If you're at Vince Staples, uh, like, hang out in our spot, like, you're, <laughs> you got some cash. But who do you think Vince hates more? The kid in high school or that's, like, graduating that year and he, he's already 18? Us. He, does he hate us more? We should know better. Yeah. I guess. He probably doesn't even really... You're, you're all the same to him. I don't think I, he delineates. I think he's pretty... He's very well read. I, I get the vibe. He that has maybe a, he so. Had, but he has his persona. His interviews come to come off a lot more different than his act. You know. Yeah, he's able to sort of pander to, like, if Pitchfork's interviewing you, like, I'm a Pitchfork reader. Like, he does appeal to the Pitchfork reader in a way. That was, you know, what that would be a much shorter way of defining indie creepazoid. Yeah, Pitchfork, yeah, pitchfork reader. reader. But <laughs> also, better. you know. He's good. So, like, like I would never have found out about him without Pitchfork. Hmm. So, who's the real monster? <laughs> Still you. I know. Well, <laughs> I'll support him. I, I'd love to see him live on the I'll current tour. I, I think he would really like him. Give uh, LP3 a spin. It's a good yeah. record. I should have done that prior to this like, recording. No, it's fine. It just came out today. So, <sighs> FM, the last record, was inspired. The cover is like a dookie mm-hmm. sort of vibe. Which, did you point that out to me? I, I don't know I how I... I don't think I did. That's not an observation I'm going to make. <laughs> so, Vince Staples, he's our pick of the week. If you, if you listen to the pod, check out Vince Staples. What are you looking up? The Dookie thing? Yeah. Yeah, it does look like Dookie, doesn't it? definitely it? does. Yeah, it does. Do I think Vince is listening to Dookie? Probably not. Probably. Why not? He's too... He's way too young. You think that Green Day is like in a vault where... People over yeah, the you age. Yeah, show your ID to get into it. <laughs> Green like, Day is a huge band, and they've influenced a lot of other bands, and they're going to be a band that people go back and look. Maybe up. the California Connection. I don't yeah, know. side by side. Have you seen them side by side? No, I just. Someone else has made this comparison online too. Hmm. I like both covers a lot. I yeah. had a Dookie poster in my room when I was a kid. Yeah. So, Vince Staples, come on the pod. Maybe defend yourself a <laughs> little bit. Let's not do that. Come I'm on the pod and we'll talk about the Violent Femmes. I'm so curious about what he uh, pulls from them. You know, who, who is the producer that passed away? Uh, what was her name? Oh, Sophie. Their, their name, Sophie. Yeah. Um, do you remember when we talked about Sophie? No. She, he, they. He, they were a producer that we actually talked a lot about Sophie. I think we did two weeks on her. Them. Them. It's tough. This is tough treading right now. You don't remember Emily? Vaguely. was part of the pod. Um, there was another gender thing Pat was struggling with, too. I think it was a different person. 
Sophie was twenty three or something, and they fell off a roof. It was really a sad story. Yeah, but Vince worked with Sophie a okay. lot on on FM. Okay. And crab and uh, Big Fish Theory. We'll play a little Sophie. I mean, they're incredible. I I think this is. We definitely played this track a few times. You know, for a genre like West Coast hip hop to embrace someone like Sophie, that's a big leap. It is. I think so, and, too. You know, for Vince Staples, in my mind, he's very progressive and he's also like pretty woke and not an annoying way. So I'm, I'm not really surprised about the I enjoy his Twitter feed quite he, a bit. He's very funny, but he's not funny in the way that is like, oh, this is like a. I don't know. He, like people think Dave Grohl is funny, I don't. He's not funny like that. Hmm. Vince is very no bullshit kind of guy. No, super dry, but very jokey and super serious. Yeah, and then when he like he'll make a reference, and you're just like, oh, I kind of thought that he would take that more seriously. He also did a thing on GQ, does a thing where it's like you have to explain all your products, and he did one that was like very funny, but there were no jokes in it, but all his products were like very affordable. Mookie Betts did one too, and it was kind of the same vibe, hmm. where there was no indication that these people were, mind you, Mookie Betts is a three hundred million dollar man, and Vince probably doesn't even have you know a quarter of that. But like they just like say this is the clone I use, and they were all very affordable. I thought it was hmm. very interesting and very funny. Down to earth, down to earth, but also able to kind of joke about it in a way that was endearing, which is a fine line. Because yeah. I'm not able to pull that off. <laughs> Scott, definitely not able to pull nope, that off. No, that's not me. Emily, can you pull that off? I, I don't know what I can pull off, honestly. <laughs> well, at least you're honest. <laughs> um, so, yeah, that's that's a good 15, 16 right. minutes on Vince Staples. On the intro. Not bad. No. And it's actually, we're staying away from politics. We're staying away from anything that could be uh, construed as divisive. Problematic. Yeah, problematic. Mm-hmm. I mean, I had to edit out a lot from mm-hmm. last episode. I had to re-upload it. I'm yeah. still stand by some of those jokes. No, but no, let's no, not it's talk fun. about it. Did you talk to anyone who listened to the last episode? Uh, I don't think so, no. I don't know if it, anyone it, listened. It, it, it got a lot of listens. <laughs> did it really? It definitely did because you throw Lin-Manuel Lin- Miranda in the headline, yeah. you get listens. That's true. Um, as much I, as you hate him. I hate him even more. And <laughs> I kind of want to reinvent the podcast as like just we force ourselves to do things we hate. It's coming. That's what the last episode was for you. And you did not enjoy it. You really want to do that every week? (laughs) I did not hate In the Heights. You hated everything about last week's or (laughs) last last, last time. Yeah, it took... I I did not... I gave positive... I said positive things about In the Heights. Yeah, that's true. But before the mics were recording, you said some other things. Don't ever talk about what I (laughs) said off mic. Did you realize that In the Heights, that just went... It just came it's and gone. went it's gone long gone yeah did not reach the zeitgeist did, like we thought it did would. nothing at the box office <sighs> yeah a lot of consternation Ooh, what do you mean like people would just like i don't know if i should see it no uh worry about get canceled they're canceling so, people that go see movies no <laughs> no there's the ongoing conversation of whether or not having the movie streaming and in the theaters at the same time is, yeah. is profitable so supposedly in the heights was way down on both sides of the coin so it's like a double bomb yeah well i think 
people, not people, HBO and whoever else produced it, overestimated just Lin-Manuel Miranda's name. Because Hamilton was a, a real property. And then just having the guy who did mm-hmm. Hamilton have his thing before he got good or he, before he did his best work, that might not be enough to get people to come out and but spend also, money. HBO is not that accessible to people. So, like, some people have HBO. I think more people would be likely to sign on to Disney Plus for $6 for a month to watch than Hamilton the 15. than the 15 and it's like a, it's a fair point. A weird way you have to go through it. So you have to go through your Prime account or your cable account, whereas Disney Plus, you just go right on t- to the site and, and access it that way. As a very hip person, you know, sometimes Absolutely. I forget how easy it is. It's true. For me, the That's internet right. man. Yeah. <laughs> internet man. <laughs> that should be your superhero. <laughs> internet man. Um, I think that, I think it was marketed poorly. I don't think they used the How name. How else would you have mar- You don't think they used Lynn's name? I don't think they used it enough because I didn't know it was Lin-Manuel until I watched it. Huh. And I didn't even know it was in it. You didn't? No, I did not. That's hand of God. That's surprising to me. Really? Yeah. You don't think I have a mental block on anything Lin-Manuel Miranda? <laughs> <laughs> Subconscious mental block? Maybe. I definitely did. I, I you know, for, I, enjoyed, I enjoyed watching the picture. I just hate everything else. The flick, yeah. So... Yeah, I mean, what what did they do wrong? That's going to be an interesting postmortem for movies because, you know, right now people are arguing back to the theater. Look at um, Internet Man. He saw. <laughs> <laughs> he he went Speaking to the movies. Superheroes. Yeah, you went to the movies last night. I did for the first time since uh, last January. So give me like the the play by play of like deciding to go. I, I think that this well, is a fully vaccinated podcast, and we're not afraid mm-hmm. to be out in public. Right. And Massachusetts is a very highly vaccinated state. Yeah, they lagged, and I think they recovered nicely. Is it ninety percent now, or something? Something like insane? that. Yeah. yeah, it's really oh. high. Um, but so I just got back from California, Lipstick City, and while I was out there, I went to Universal, to Legoland, I went to Disney. I was out with a lot of people all the time. I went on planes, which are still masked up. Yeah. So I, I don't want to interrupt, but like. When I do things, like, I'm not scared to do things. You're vaccinated. But, but and you're you not an idiot. 50% I think that's of that, the highest compliment he's I ever know. paid you. Yeah. The va- I, I'm Vax Idiot. That's my superhero <laughs> character. <laughs> Internet man, Vax Idiot. And what, what would you I do? Don't, I don't know. Let's just go back to Scott's story. <laughs> but anyway, well, well, I was going to say, but, it's like, you're not, you've been cautious from the beginning, but you haven't been, like, overly cautious. Yeah, I guess I'd agree with that. Is your but, wife vaccinated? Yes. Okay. Interesting re- revelation. We got to put that in the uh, description. So, <laughs> is Scott's wife vaccinated? <laughs> While we were out there, uh, we did some family parties with between forty and sixty people. She, fa- I, how big is your family? Not that big. This family party. I'm this sorry. This was only one side of a in-laws' family. You know, good gravy. But uh, most, I think most people there were vaccinated. Although some of them are from out of country, so I don't know what their other vaccination status was but they were going back home to london or congo i can't remember who's where right now that's not really a big difference (laughs) they live both places you know they have british accents but they live in the congo now um but they had to go get proof that they were vaccinated (laughs) when they were in the other countries and some places would not give you proof that you were not positive all they would say is that you did not test positive they wouldn't say you don't have it okay and so the airports are trying to require something saying you don't have it 
And the people doing the testing that are charging you 150, 200 bucks a pot for the test won't say that because they can't guarantee it because they don't know what will happen in two or three days. Yeah. So they were just caught in this cycle of spending money for rapid tests that don't mean anything. Um, but anyways, back to going well, to the movies. Internet man at the movies. Well, I just think that you've kind of, I think we've all been cautious, but I hear people, you know, stories of like being just almost borderline paranoid. There's outbreaks yeah. now. Yeah. I know. Like I don't, I had a guy at work who comes in Tuesday, sick as a dog. He's been vaccinated and he's mm-hmm. like, I, and no mask. And he's like, should I work from home today? And I'm like, he com- no mask. He comes in. And I'm like, I go, dude, you got to grab your, com- if you want to work today, you can't work here. Like, I don't know what to tell you. Because there's, there's no policy at this point about vaccinated people that show up to work sick. Right. And it could you can well, still get corona. Thing. People aren't wearing masks, so now you, you every, just, all of a sudden yeah. people have colds. And So I'm like, you have to leave. Like, you got to leave before the boss gets here. Because, yeah. like, she doesn't want, we don't want, I'm going away next week. Like, I, do, I don't want a sick person in the office makes no sense. If you're sick enough to work, work from home. We're all able to. We all have the equipment. I mean. I got a beautiful two monitors behind me. Like, it's all work equipment, whatever. Mm-hmm. So he's like, okay. And he goes home. And I'm like, Jesus Christ. Like, you know, if you can stay home, stay home. That's yeah. a new mindset. It is a new years mindset. Ago, yeah. You know, that was never a thing before. It was always work as much as you can. Mm-hmm. You better be fucking sick if you're not coming in. Yeah. Right. right. And I understand that's like a luxury at this point for to be able to work from home and not miss a payday or not use time off. But. You know, come on, dude, make the decision. Also, my work just made a new policy starting like now is that right on, at 930 on a Friday <laughs> night. It's starting. <laughs> this is uh, kind of con- it's been very controversial is that the old policy was on day one of the new year. You got all your vacation and personal time to use. Mm-hmm. They just changed it to that. You have to accrue it over the course of a year. Are you grandfathered in? Nope. Wow. Isn't right. that crazy? You're going to strike? No, I don't really care that much, but I do like to take a good two weeks off in January. <laughs> but that's a pretty big policy change. Yeah. It is. Do you get to carry anything? You do. You get to carry it a full year. Okay. Before, you only could carry it for like three months. So then you're not losing too much then? No. Like me, I'm not... It doesn't really affect me, but... Oh, you're jet-setting all around the world. Absolutely. <laughs> so I, I thought I should bring that up, but... Black Widow, last night... I'm sorry. We went, yeah, we went to uh, the Randolph Theater. Okay. Me and my oldest son. Pretty empty theater. We got there about 10 minutes before the movie started. We were the first ones in. Um, they said they were doing social distancing in the seats, but that wasn't really true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> if, you, if, like, if you go on the Showcase website, it blocks off two seats for each person. If you go on the MovieTickets.com website through Fandango, you can just buy whatever seat you want. So it doesn't make any sense. Mm-hmm. Um, so we had people next to us, but and no one's monitoring it when you go in. No, it was a Thursday night, and the like they only had the ticket taker at like the opening entrance, like not at each individual theater. Mm-hmm. So after the movie was over, I had a brief inclination to stick around for the 10 p.m. showing or something. You else, can't. You get a child with you. I, you know, <laughs> was he digging? Like, has he been in the movie theater before? He has, but it's been two years since yeah. uh, Cars Three. Maybe no. Toy Story Four was the last one we saw, so that was about two years ago. They ran that franchise into the ground. It's very sad. I love Toy Story One and Two. 
I thought four was supposed to be really good. No, three three is recognized. Three as was the, the one best. that was like well, I've only I, seen the it first was one. so I didn't think it was going to be good, but it was. No, four was just a little more goofy. Oh. Um, but yeah, he's been to the theater before, but he still he had a good time. He got through the whole thing. How long was it? Two hours thirteen minutes. Jesus fucking Christ! <laughs> so, what a nightmare! What a, what a little a, a little long, kid. but the movie it's a pretty good spy action movie. I heard the special effects were like shitty. They're a bit nonsensical, but I mean, you're jumping out of buildings in the sky, like not buildings in the sky. Like I feel like it's a talking head song. <laughs> structures More songs in the about sky. jumping out of buildings. <laughs> More songs about structures in the sky. <laughs> Well, that's cool that you got to take your son, though. I mean, yeah, that's a fun is, little experience. He's watched uh, maybe a dozen Marvel movies. Um, he likes buying the like the kitty comics and reading those. Yeah. So he, he knows most of the stuff. He likes all the Legos. Um, you saw some Avengers stuff in, any cool trailers? in California. Yeah, at, at Disney, we went to the new Avengers campus there. And so we get to do some things and see some Avengers. So it was Loki. good. Loki was wearing his uh, variant shirt. Okay. I yep. don't know what that means, but... You should. Um, you watched the first episode. I d- didn't stick with me. You're <laughs> what right. Was, what was your other question? Well, I was going to say that, you know, I'm really close to my dad right now, but, like, growing up, I was into sports, and he had no inclination. It, it, he was not interested in it, but we would go to the movies, and we had a little text thread last night, is that my dad would always take me to, like, opening night for every movie that he would want to see. So, like, Independence Day, like, we saw that on opening day. It's a great movie. Yeah, it is a great. I've rewatched it the other night, and I was like, this is a cool movie. <laughs> it's cooler than I remember. I watched about 45 minutes that night. It was July 4th. When yeah, I only watched, like, the first hour. Um, but it's a good way to, like, bond with your kid, because you can, it doesn't matter what you guys get into, seeing a movie, opening night, like, that's kind of special. He had fun. I, I am trying to teach him how to watch longer form things because he, you know, like most kids, they like what they like. They don't want to deviate yeah. from it. Mm-hmm. So, you know, he knows Black Widow. He's down to go see it. But he doesn't care about the slower parts, the buildup of the story. And I don't even think you do. Uh, I do. <laughs> I do. <laughs> what was the Smells Like Teen Spirit intro? Fucking terrible. It was so really? bad. Really? Okay. Yeah. I thought... No, I heard- it was like a slow female cover of like... Okay. Don't you hate that? A slow female cover of Smells Like Teen Some Spirit? Some people in this room do you hate think that. It's, do you think it's online? It's I, gotta, I don't want to... It's gotta be. I didn't recognize the artist because um, I stuck... We had to stick we'll around through the end the credits okay. for the, the end credit scene. Was there a... What was that about? Uh... Little Florence Pugh action. Okay. She was great in the film, by the way. Okay, it's your girl. Pew pew. What did I like her in? Maybe I'm thinking of it's your girl. Dude, it's Maybe. Dan. Yeah. Is it? Call him up. Dan Collin. He's at a bachelor him. party. Oh, is he? Yeah. I had no idea. I had a. I talked to Dan a lot this week. He was. We had a Otani thread going, and uh, he was stoked about the uh, latest Devil Rays call up. Who I never even really heard of the guy. Vidal Bruhan. Yeah. So, well, I think that's cool that you took your son to see it. It was good, I think to, good that, to be back at the movies. And then, you know, I got home this, mor- or this morning, downloaded the movie, now it's on my Plex. Oh, my God. So, if you want to watch it, go Scott, enjoy. you're not supposed to air these things publicly. Yeah, I, I've we'll done manage. a good job of, like, not saying your son's name. <laughs> your son. <laughs> uh, Could so he the, have a daughter the, soon? We the, don't know. The movie's we fine. The movie's and fine. The answer is no. Oh, the answer is no. <laughs> Did you tell me that? I don't know. Probably. <laughs> well, man, maybe. Yes, he did. We don't know about Tony and Megan, though, right? No. 
Okay. Hmm. Three boys. Three boys. That's exciting. Well, I think that I, I kind of want to like dive into this like idea of you going to the movies with your son because that's a cool way to bond with him. I think. Yeah, I hope so. I, I was. I'm hoping he enjoys it. Because he's on it. the young side to see that, but does he realize it's like something like, oh, I'm seeing like a kind of adult movie. Yeah, like an adult movie. I'm not movie. sure. Like I don't know what his he, language is because they say shit thirty times in the movie. Yeah, and I don't. It's impossible to miss it. Mm-hmm. And at home, I'm always watching things with subtitles. Yeah. So then, I'm, and he likes reading. I'm pretty sure he's reading all subtitles. So mm-hmm. that's when I really can't mess around with the the 18 plus stuff. But uh, the kids in school are obviously going to start swearing. And yeah, yeah. He's right at that age, I think. I think second grade is when I first said the F word. Really? Yeah. I think that was when we first started talking about sex on the bus was second and third grade. I have no idea when I Let's first Let's talk about sex, that baby. song. Yeah, yeah, we would sing that. All the good things and the bad things. <laughs> yep, yep. Do a shot if you're doing uh, <laughs> Y-tip bingo. I start singing. I don't know. Sex for me was... But I don't. I didn't know what it was. I just knew it was like illicit in some way. <laughs> I didn't you didn't know what it was, it. but you knew it was illicit. Yeah. Like you're a little kid and you're like, this is very illicit behavior. <laughs> that's one of the nice things about marvel movies is there's no sex plenty of murder lots yeah. of killing yeah. what's worse we don't even know <laughs> but let's uh keep the sex out of it no mm-hmm. love stories <laughs> well there are they're just pg love stories very pg yeah. well when we were talking about this through text i i had like such a throwback to think of all the movies i thought i saw with my own dad i'm like god like that was my dad's way of bonding with me because he could not the sports thing he can't even throw a baseball hmm so, but he would be like, oh, we're going to see The Fifth Element, or we're going to see Independence Day. Would he take just you, or you and... Just me. Okay. Like, you like The Fifth Element, right? I've only seen it once. I've seen it like 25 times. Yeah, it's because it reminds you of your dad. <laughs> it does. That's God. sweet. Yeah, it, it really was kind of nice. And, you know, I think that in retrospect, you don't really realize how hard your parents try. <laughs> so, it's like... My, I was really close to my grandfather, and my grandfather loved baseball. Like, legit, knew all the players, every team, whatever. And I would always – I remember this is so sad to me, and I, I, like, think about it all the time, is that I made up a quiz. And the quiz was, like, I'm going to name a player, and then everyone has to say what team they're on. And I was like – I gave it to my dad, my mom, and my grandfather. And I knew that my dad wouldn't know any of the players. And mm-hmm. I, like, made fun of him when I was doing it. And it, it would be, like, it was, like... So you've never changed. You've always <laughs> been this changed. way. Okay. But, like, in the... And I was, like, laughing at my dad. Is this where like, you pull out a piece of paper and give it to Emily and just start <laughs> mocking her mercilessly? <laughs> but, like, I, I... I, like, was making... Like, my mom knew who... What team Nomar Garcia Parra was on. My grandfather knew what team... Like, Roger Clemens on the Yankees. But my dad was like, I don't know. And I was like, fucking idiot. <laughs> and like, I think I'm like, oh, my God, that is so cruel. That is cruel. It really kids was cruel. cruel. Yeah, kids are cruel. Yeah. So. It's cruel to be kid. It's Yeah, it's cruel to be kid. I yeah. think Elvis Costello had a song. Nick. Nick uh, Peace, Love, and Understanding was Nick. That's Elvis Costello. No, Peace, Love, and Understanding was not written by Elvis Costello. But that's the one people know. Cruel to be kind. In Nick something. I always forget his last name. It's going to drive me crazy. Cave? No. No, not Nick Cave. It's not <sighs> Nick. Uh, we did a Nick. Nick Lowe. Nick Lowe. Who's the other Nick we did an episode on? 
Did we do it, Nick? Yeah, we did. Uh, or we listened to Five Leaves. What song was that? What? I don't know. Maybe it was Private Text. I don't know. <laughs> so was don't it, make fun of your dads. Was it Saint Nick from uh, Crashmore? <laughs> <laughs> um, do you want to jump right into that? Let's go. I think you should so th- leave. We didn't really do much for this podcast because we haven't seen each other for almost a month. 28 days. Well, <laughs> Scott <laughs> says 10. I don't so know. The rehab length. Um, <laughs> I was in rehab. <laughs> Scott, you could have been in rehab. Hey, hey. You were in California. I was in California. <laughs> Lipstick City, which is, it's fu- it's funny to think that like Scott's jet setting to LA. I it's know. your third time out there? Yes. Yeah. Yep. That's pretty cool you told me about the restaurants you ate at and i was like jealous that was the only restaurant he's like oh really yeah hmm i was uh my brother-in-law was working a lot i didn't get to see him we did have one night we went to bestia in la which is a pretty hot spot mm-hmm. um we got there about 11 i think and enjoyed some nice vegetarian food now it kind of stinks that you couldn't hook up with uh amit 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 yeah because yeah. he's a he's a man about town. He likes what he knows, and he knows what he likes. <laughs> yes, he likes good stuff. Uh, have you ever like met him before? Stuff. Yes, he's a really good guy, good brother-in-law, nice guy, very much so. So we are now catching up with each other, and yeah. also talking about the things that we have watched, mm-hmm. listened to, or read. In my case, but we did all watch. I think you should leave season two. Yeah. Um, probably something that i've i've never looked more forward to something since it got announced maybe ever yeah i was very excited the first season is almost perfect and what did you think did it hold up absolutely i think it there's no way it could have ever equaled or topped season one i think it topped it really wow yep I i think season one has stronger singular sketches yeah but season two as a whole is better pretty hot take i think that in the the circles i run in which is the people i follow on twitter is that everybody loved it and there were a ton of like bits that are going to be quotable for the next three years but like everyone was like it's not as good there were some stinkers as far as i'm concerned what were the worst the one skit that i want to try to bring all the skits up Uh, i meant to make a list of everything just because it's so hard to recall for me it's like 40 skits that i watched in one night yeah um okay cool i got the okay i'll tell you the skit i hated the most was the claire's skit i did not like that at all (laughs) i I like that really yeah so Emily just pulled up the picture. I, the problem is I don't know all the names of all the fake stores and everything, so I can't just that recall. Was, um, What's the shirt store? Dan's fa- uh, Dan's Dan Dan's flashes. Yeah, Dan flashes. That was a great. I mean, like let's all admit that it was brilliant and it was hilarious. We all enjoyed it. The show, the skit, the, the everything. Okay. Yeah, I, I I laughed a lot. Yeah. I mean, to start with the hot dog skit. Was <laughs> so good. such a great move <laughs> because it was like, oh yeah, we're gonna reintroduce you to this guy who <laughs> is like, when things don't go his way, he gets pissed and depressed, and he's like, I'm gonna find a way out of it, and then it fails miserably because that's the whole ethos of the show is that there's a guy backed in a corner that has to make a decision, and when he does it, it fails, <laughs> but yes. he, he will not ever admit he's wrong. Never. Yeah, because like when it, when it, when he's like 
rescheduling lunch. Are you allowed to do that? Like, and you just know, like, oh, this shit's going off the rails. But like, also, what's great about the hot dog sketch to me was that like, any one of us could have written that sketch as like, just hey, a basic idea. Yeah, like write and I think you should leave sketch. But they just take it to this extreme where they're just pulling the hot dog out. He knows how to take things to the extreme, mm-hmm. uncomfortable point. And also is that what he does really well is that the people around him don't realize it's unusual. They're like, this person isn't crazy. They're just like, they just roll with it. Right. Yeah. That plays a big role in it. This. So I just looked up a website that has all the sketches ranked. Okay. According to this. It, what website they is put, it? Uh, uprocks.com. Okay. That, I, that's a legit website. Alan Seppenwall used to write for them. They put... The Corn Cob TV, a.k.a. Coffin Flops, at number 19 out I didn't, of 20. I didn't, I didn't really dig it that much. That Do, was the one I laughed the hardest at. Really? Yes. I, I love Coffin Flops. <laughs> I it's didn't, so good. Out of 24, good. they put it at 19. No, that's an incorrect ranking. <laughs> what don't... It's no, so it was, good. It just wasn't one of my favorites. One out of five people are nudes. <laughs> <laughs> he's not rigging them. <laughs> that's, what he's so, that's what Tim Roberts is so great at, or the, the whole show, is like... These, I, I don't know what you call the tags he does. Well, it's the screenshot they have is, I don't know what to tell you, bud. <laughs> they I told this to me in a coffee shop last night. <laughs> they told me at a dinner. <laughs> I mean, the guy's a genius. So, what? Coffin flops. I just thought that there'd be no channel called They Corn keep Cop asking TV. me how they get all the, <laughs> why I have so much footage. I'm not rigging them. <laughs> it's I mean, really it's funny. Really, I, I rewatched, like, a couple of my favorite skits last night. My favorite skit is Calico Cut Pants. See, that went on too far for me. I don't it think was it, it could have kept going. I thought there were a handful that just felt like they were dragged on an extra minute. And I, I thought that like, was one of them. I did not really care for the Patty Harrison driver's ed skit. That's number two on this website. I, Yeah, I don't really like... I, That's one of the consensus favorites. Did you like it? I thought the pun- some of it. I thought like the punchline was great. He, she was doing the tables for like I. It just wasn't. <laughs> so I don't know. My overall thoughts on the season are it's fucking brilliant. It is. The ideas are all there. I just don't feel like the execution for every single punchline. I feel like in the first season, almost every punchline <laughs> landed. Emily yeah. just pulled up the uh, insider trading. <laughs> that was, grab. I mean, come on. That, that that's might, like, I think that's, that's got to be the best one. I texted everyone about that. I'm like, this is so, because what they do when they start talking about him, they zoom or like they focus on him and he's wearing the hat. <laughs> I mean, come on. And having somebody else read all his lines. And we need to put it, like yeah, a, a disclaimer on this episode that people should watch this before they I listen hope, to our podcast because this is not going to make sense to I'm anybody. I'm going to throw a word out there. Do you think your cronies watch? No. I think you should leave? Oh, no, they, they should. Don't. We've I've recommended it like three separate times. Yeah. But uh, Also, what's great about that, that the fedora with flaps, yeah. I think it's the <laughs> is that the, okay, di- the dice the in the dice pocket. The dice on the pocket where he... Th- Oh, no, I lost my headphones. He throws him down. He's like telling the guy to ignore it. <laughs> he's I just nudging thought, him over with his feet. Leave yeah. it alone. <laughs> Snake eyes. Uh, this is what I mean. I think I laughed more consistently throughout this season than I did season one. Well, I'm very I, happy to hear that. The yeah. way I got into the first season was I saw the, the, uh, 
uh, what's her Vanessa Bryant skit about brunch? Yeah, where they're like these little pig. Fucks. And you said that was not for you because you don't like but, female comedy. <laughs> no, I'm like, wait, did I? You did say that I, on this podcast. I, I, I was just confused, and I was like, this is really funny. Like, uh, objectively, this unobjectively, this is very funny. And then, like the it all of a sudden it dropped on Netflix, and then everyone started watching it. So like, I saw I probably was working, and then I realized. Oh, people are watching this, and like Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, everybody was like raving about it mm-hmm. because it's six fifteen-minute episodes. I know right. it can't be shorter, it can't be more consumable, and it can't be more memeable. Right. I tend to be like I've noticed in the minority in a lot of these, though. Like Crashmore might have been my least favorite. I thought that. I think that if you write comedy like that, Crashmore is like your Casablanca. Because you're able to like insert this crazy punchline at the very end. I yeah. dis- I disliked that skit. Yeah. Right up until until the interview. The San- no, the, just the Santa twist. Right. Because right, right. I read about that skit. Oh yeah. And I didn't even see it coming when I saw the skit. <laughs> so like I was like blown away. And that post interview, fucking hilarious. That was the best part. Yeah. Of it, but but um, you need both. You need both. I, I, As yeah. writers. As people that write comedy, they must say to themselves, like, okay, this we know is funny, but we're going to make it funnier. But it's also, it's, like, complicated? I don't know. Yeah. The the lines from everybody in the interview are so good. It's on AOL Blast. Yeah. <laughs> and also, how bad of an actor Santa Claus is. is <laughs> it's, like, charming. That's it. I'm out of here. <laughs> I told you no Christmas. <laughs> when he's explaining how he gets the fees, like what is uh, two million dollars? Yeah. Is so the next picture, I'm getting two million dollars at the very least. I don't. Have, I don't have to be good. Yeah. <laughs> so there was Santa. The what do you need the money for? And you wouldn't answer it. <laughs> <laughs> There's the commercial for the Tammy Crap stall. I did not like that. Did, did you not, know who the girl was? I did know. Okay. Once upon a time in Mexico. I'm close. Slash America. <laughs> I did know that her name is Jenna Beers. Yeah, I don't know her name. Um... I didn't like that Julia skit. Butters. Julia Butters. Her name is Jenna Beers? No, <laughs> Julia Butters. Her name's not fucking Maggie Madger- Margarine? <laughs> I did not care for that skit. I thought it was pretty good. It was okay. That was probably but they also lower took end. it into a weird thing where, when she started pulling the, po- the rocks out of her pocket. I'm like, well, this isn't what I was expecting. Well, they turned it into the cigars, which I liked. Yeah. 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 So, what was your favorite skit? I mean, no one's asking for it, but I just want to know as a friend. I really love Coffin Flops. Okay. That's mine, too. I like Calico Cut Pants because, to me, it was great because they've introduced a new kind of meme into Lexicon, but they also, the way they wrote the skits was like, they knew they couldn't couldn't top anything in season one, so they were trying in a way. What about The Professor? Eating the hamburger. That was great. <laughs> How? Was do you, so do you remember funny. that skit? No. The, pr- <laughs> the professor of, of the college was trying to eat Tim uh, Robinson's oh, hamburger. Yeah. Yeah. And he, he was like, "I'm a little boy. I'm a man <laughs> with a little boy trapped in the body who eats his wife out every yeah. night." The, so, come on. That was a that was a killer of a final line. Yeah. He was so good. Where does he find these people? That guy's a legit actor. But I don't like, I don't know I, if he was ever on Detroiters though. They all have to be legit actors because to be able to carry these performances when you have to at least have skill <laughs> like i i mean i'm not an actor there is absolutely no way i could keep a straight face during any of these well so do you remember the throat the uh, callback to little buff boys with the guys like oh, i have a little buff he, yeah. he was in detroiters was it because I, I started doing a detroiters rewatch 
Just which, as good? I think Detroiters is so funny, and I yeah, wish they saw I gotta it. I got to rewatch it. But is it on like, Paramount? It is. Yeah, okay. you told me it was. The Little Buff Boy skit internet man was like... <laughs> internet, internet man. <laughs> Did you like the Little Buff Boy skit? I like the... It, it's hard because you're going to compare it to the baby of the year. But like that's what makes it good to me. They're like, fuck it. We'll go back to the well. And it's going to be different. And it's going to be just as good. Yeah. So it, it, it is funny. The concept is great. Um, I want more Sam Richardson. That Yes. that that's So one of my complaints is they didn't do as many... Um, like pre not pre-recorded but like digitally edited things like in the yeah. first season they had the sam richardson come in with the yeah, robot costumes fighting aliens for scrooge the, yep um and they had like those they need i like when they do non-tim robinson things just because tim he's so it's so much crazy good. it's so much yeah. though he's so loud and he's so profane so I like a little break now and then. Well, we were talking about the uh, haunted house skit. I loved it. <laughs> I did, did you? That's, see, I don't think I Scott really it. liked it, but I was like, I'm just like, yeah, this is a bit where he's going to say crazy shit. Yeah. I love the ending when his mom picks him up. <laughs> that was yeah. so sad, but yeah, it, it brought the whole thing I home. I like that skit because just, in my you brain. You never get to hear Donkey Dick yeah. or Dingleberry. No one I Dingleberry. know. Like, I say Dingleberry. <laughs> but edit that, too. I want her on a loop saying Donkey Dick. <laughs> I love the bit because it's just like, fuck it, we're going to be crass. Who cares? Right. <laughs> because they're going in, they're just going in the directions you don't expect them to go in. Right, right. Because Scott was like, they're just swearing for swearing's sake. And I'm like, yeah, so but it's funny. You realize why he's doing it. Because he's... I mean, these fuckers come out right out of the walls. It's so funny. He's so like a socially was, awkward guy who's getting picked up by his mom. I who's get it. I get it all. Catholic, it looks like, because she's got crosses in her yeah. car. Did you make any friends? So he doesn't get to <laughs> no. swear everywhere. <laughs> Did you like the uh, the Connor O'Malley bit with the dog barking? We did the Blues Brothers <laughs> dance. I I just did, that wasn't for me. I liked it. I liked him dancing. I thought yeah. he was really going for it. I thought his girlfriend was really too kind of pissed at him. That's number five on this list. Really? Mm -hmm. I just, it wasn't, (laughs) you can't, the heights, the highs they reach are so high that like a lot of it just to me is like, I can't reach it. But also in Scott's defense is like bones other money. There wasn't anything close to that. Sloppy steaks was really good. Sloppy steaks was great. Yep. That's that's the uh, ideal Tim Robinson sketch. Yeah. That really captures the whole essence of everything. I mean, that's it. Is that on the list? It is, but it's mid- I think that might be <laughs> that, the best. That sketch has everything, too. It it's does. Got the baby, it's got a catchphrase. It's got a baby. Because he loves when there's 16, a child that doesn't understand him. Yeah. And so he, he goes with it. He doesn't think I can change. Well, he does think I can change. <laughs> and then the grandfather switches his story. Yeah. And, and the it, song was done by the kid from Vampire Weekend. Okay. So I thought that was pretty cool. I, I love that sketch. That's a good one. But and, like I'm and watching that's a long-term sloppy steaks. Yeah. <laughs> but I also think that what sloppy steaks is is pretty fucking stupid. <laughs> it doesn't matter. As a though. man who fucked up a ribeye twice last week, I didn't care for it. That's the whole thing, though. Only a piece of shit would do. Yeah, that. I used to be a real piece of shit. <laughs> so is your hair slicked back? No, it's just pushed back. <laughs> there were, it, I, I just think it's so great. They can't stop us from ordering a steak in the water. <laughs> <laughs> and then the waiters were so fucking going crazy, guys. Please don't do sloppy steaks. 
what, there's what, just so many good little lines yeah what do you think the number one episode is scott can see it of all the bits on the uh, from this up rocks list sucks my favorite bit was either fedora or sloppy steaks <laughs> like they tacked on so at the end you could they kind of did it in order of like the show was they tacked on stuff at the end that obviously like wasn't as strong but like the bit where they're all like f- the kid was surfing on the table and he flipped it over <laughs> like that was pretty funny dan i think dan dan flashes might be the number one bit carl havoc I just didn't think it was that funny. Like, I thought it was cool, and I enjoyed it. I thought it was pretty funny. I don't think it's number one, but I, I, I liked that he, What's the- Tim Robinson, embodied the, uh, like, um, punked show yeah, aspect like, so like, well. Uh, Irving Zisman was Johnny Knoxville's character that he did. Yeah. But, like, John- Johnny Knoxville was funny enough. So, like, I don't really know what he's parodying. I don't even want to be around anymore is the... Yeah, I like the idea of it. I didn't. They did that. Like, didn't have I a killer punchline. No, it didn't have a killer punchline. And like so, like surfing on the table, it was fine. But then when he flips the table over, I howled. Yeah, and like, then it just, was like he's what, done like, it in the because it's like what what are you gonna do? Yeah, uh, you always take things too far. Like yeah. the hot dog skit was so so good. It's like yeah. I'm watching. I'm like, yeah, this is it. This is the show. And then they and then get the callback. Fucking to it. choking on it. But then and, they get the callback. And the callback. <laughs> no one's talking about the callback. The callback was great. Yeah, the callback was very funny. Um, I want to take a quick break. Yeah, we've talked about this a lot. We definitely have, but I think we're in a great groove for getting back into the podcast. Maybe. You definitely should do an intro and say, "Watch, I think you should leave." Season. Yeah, we'll do need, that. You need to do that. All right, we'll be back. And we're back from a quick break as we break the news that Anthony Luciano has been published in Vexology Monthly. And Emily, she can't handle it. Emily's on Facebook, so she did not see Tony's post. Uh, I don't want to describe it. Just tell the listeners what Vexology is. because It's it's a study of flags. There we go. So one of our best friends in the entire world, co-creator of the podcast, (laughs) Anthony Luciano, he was... uh, this is a hard intro. He was uh, published in the Flag Monthly, Vexology Magazine. They were talking about, is it the Copeland flag? Is that what it's called? It's the sure. Don't Tread on Me flag. So somebody published a long-form piece on it, and Tony was refuting key elements of it, one of which was that the idea of the flag was born out of this individual's memoirs. So Tony had read the memoirs, which contradicted the actual author's uh, writing as to the origin of the flag. And Tony said, hey, this guy wrote about it in his memoirs. So the author had to come back and say, we can't consider memoirs as an official document when we recount the origins of the flag. Hmm. So he roasted Tony's ass hard. <laughs> but Tony came back and they gave him the final word. Like, they published the back and forth between the two yeah. of them. And they also were like, this is the... Uh, this it, was, is- it was all very respectful, surprisingly. Yeah. It was funny to be like, this is a pu- an excerpt of a, a back and forth that we've kind of... Th- that's taken place. So, um, Tony, if you ever want to get back in the podcast, you're more than welcome to explain your piece. But, you know... <laughs> Congrats on getting published. Yeah, I think it's cool. Emily, hmm? did you read Cat Person? I didn't. Scott, you read Cat Person back in the day. Um, maybe. I think so. I don't know what it is. So, Cat Person was something published in the New York Times where it was basically, it was fiction, but it was a woman describing her relationship courting 
dare I say, with a man that was 15 years older than her. Okay. She was 18. He was 33. 32. 32. Yeah. What's wrong with that? Um, so it was a it was it was a pretty it was an inter- you, you remember reading it right? I don't. I think we. I tried. I'm to pretty sure it. I meant to look it up in our email. I don't. Remember. <laughs> Never talked about it. So basically, she was a college student. He mm-hmm. was like, I'm not going to say loser because I think we have a lot in common. But <laughs> dare I say ne'er do well, ne'er do well. Okay. So he was a ne'er do well, and he worked in a movie theater, and was he was he like a creepy hipster. Indie creepazoid. <laughs> yeah, there we go. Indie Thank creep. you. He might have been bad at lovemaking and had a few cats. <laughs> um, uh, he liked red vines, which I do not like red vines. Can you put that are on you, the record? Are you concerned this is about you? I mean, <laughs> I don't know. A lot of it lined up. Well, so that's the crux of the article. Did you see any of this discourse, no, Emily? No, of course I okay. didn't. <laughs> so the reason, so how long ago was this published? Two years? Yeah, two years ago. And so someone wrote a piece for Vulture? I don't remember what it was. It wasn't Vulture, but it was like... One of those zines. Come on, Internet yeah. Man. Yeah. Internet Man. I read it, and then I tried to forget it. Well, but, wait, uh, did you read it independent of me recommending it to you? Yes. Okay, cool. That's two minds. Think Hours like. before. Yeah. Yeah, Internet Man. <laughs> so, <laughs> you, you okay, Patrick? No, I, I, just, I like how you're actually leaning into the character, <laughs> Internet Man. It, it feels more right than I want it to. <laughs> So this woman wrote a piece for not Vulture, <laughs> not Variety. I feel I feel like it's a V though. Vanity. No. Um, I'll find it as you kind of continue it. And the whole crux of the piece is, when this came out, I thought this was about me because a lot of the details for for like half it of was the story, slate slate slate. A lot of the details for the first half of the story were extremely accurate. Hometown, places where she worked. Undergrad program she was enrolled in. And all this stuff. And people were texting her saying, hey, is this about you? Because she was very open with her friend group about dating this older guy. And so in the piece, she talks about how this all felt and all these things. And then a few years later, not a few years, a year and a half later, the her ex-boyfriend died and they hadn't really talked much about it. She had texted him about it. He never said anything did, one way or the other. That was the weird part of the story was that he, she texted her ex who she suspected had some role some role in this leaking the details of the relationship and he was more like haha that's so weird how do they know this so that was kind of weird but she never asked him specifically if she knew the author of the piece which was another woman. Another mm-hmm. weird aspect of the story. And after he passed away, she had talked to his friend, and his friend said something that made it seem like he had told this other lady the details of the story, and he always felt bad about it. But he never expressed it to her. Okay. So then she contacted the author of the piece two years after it was written, and this turned into one of like the most viral short stories ever. I thought it was a pretty good short story. It's basically a, a it was woman. New Yorker. Yeah. You're vindicated, finally. <laughs> but, like, basically, the the crux of the story was that this 18-year-old dated an older man. He was kind of weird, bad at sex, had two cats. I think he – I think that there was a punchline in the story was that, like, he said he didn't have cats. And then when she went over there, he had litter boxes. 
Okay. So I would like for you to read this after. We can discuss it next okay. time we record. But why are we talking about it? I didn't want to talk about this. I just yeah. Thought what it, made you bring it up? Because you texted us very early this morning. Because I thought you guys had both read it. But did it come up in the news again? Yeah, because or the, the rebuttal from the person who thought it was written about them came out this week. Okay. Yesterday. Okay. Yes, okay. Well, Got it. Two days ago. Okay. But it's gone. It's dead. No one wants to talk about it anymore. <laughs> well, because it introduces all these weird questions about what is fiction. Yeah. I thought that was the interesting part. It's not. But you guys are both writers. You've written many short stories. <laughs> let's let's look up uh, Kelsey McKinney's thoughts on this. And then we can use What does this. Kelsey say? I'm just going to have you look it up. Just the can thoughts on fiction verse. When you're reading a story... You're supposed to feel it's kind of about you, right? Sure. So you get into all these... This situation is going to create all these circumstances where how much are you supposed to feel it's about you? Should you feel it's about you? Yeah. What's real? What's fake? How much license does the Sorry, author, you, author get? When you read a story, you're saying? Um, or write a story? Let's uh, amend this. Okay. When you're reading, See, this, I'm just when you're reading a fiction story, do you assume most of the time that the author is you know autobiographical of some sort i don't know it's probably 50 50 i wonder about it but i don't assume but i do wonder so then if they're taking someone else's experiences does it create a moral dilemma right is there ethics involved in it if now people are reading it they're thinking it's about her Mm mm-hmm just because that's always going to be a question when you're reading something. Did this happen to them? Right. Yeah. Where did they get these details from? That kind of stuff. Well, so now, if you're taking specific- someone else's life without their permission, without their knowledge, and you're using literally the school, the high school she went to, yeah. the place she worked at, her jobs, her college, her undergrad degree, are you crossing lines? Well, I think I don't know about that. But the interesting was was the boy did the ex boyfriend leak these details? He, I think he dated this girl, the author, and he had told her about it. But, like, you write an article about how much and then, your boyfriend's a fucking loser, and you're still dating him? Like, what were her experiences with this dude? We don't know that. But she, by the girl who was written about's account, the author of the original story had scoped out her social media yeah, and, and, and gleaned all this information that way. Interesting. That's so, why I put it on the agenda. I thought line? it was interesting. Yeah. I don't know. What, so what did Kelsey say? I don't remember. But I just wanted to use it to segue into her book. God Spare the Girls. Kelsey McKinney. McKinney um, writer for The Defector. Is that it behind you on your desk there? It is, yeah. Halfway through? Halfway through. Okay, so no spoilers. No spoilers. Um, so I, I think that you guys, whatever, it's up to you. And trust me, I love talking. You, you, my two best friends in the entire world. I wow. love recording. <laughs> Scott's like a surprise. <laughs> but I think that moving into like books as a thing we talk about, mm-hmm. I think that's a very uh, fertile ground for discussion. I would love to. Emily yeah. would also love and to. I, I'm yeah. not a fast reader, I'll let Scott unfortunately. Speak you can be. I, I can be. And I, I remember have... a period early this year where somehow, <laughs> some way, you managed to, How did I pull it to off? race through books <laughs> yeah. at a pace that I had to struggle to keep up with. So, And yet, for some other I, unexplained I, reason, something changed. that pace has just... <laughs> 
drastically reduced. So I, I do like to read, mm-hmm. and you know, I, I just bought uh, Tom Sharpling's autobiography. Have you read anything about? No, it? you sent us that link, and I did look at the article you sent us. It's but supposed. To, have you read anything about it? I tried not to look at the link. I think I accidentally <laughs> got a preview of it, and I was oh, disgusted. No, what a nightmare! Um, you know, I. I I'm a big radio fan, and he's been in radio for 20 years. Yep. I'm stoked to read it, but I've left it at work in a cabinet because I need to finish Kelsey's book. I'm halfway through. <clears throat> God spare the girls. You guys have both finished it. So yep. I think we should do a little impromptu book club chat about it. Okay. Um, what I, I like it. I really like it. I think but, it's a page turner. I feel a big butt coming the here. The subject matter I can't relate to on any level. I'm sorry. You don't have to be sorry. It's okay. I'm sorry, Kelsey. Good <laughs> go- so, Let's role play. The subject matter is... Emily, you want to take the reins? Sure. I'll take the reins. So let's talk about Kelsey first for a minute. I don't really know much about her. So Kelsey writes for a site that you guys both subscribe to and follow. I pay for it. Defector.com. Right. Someone had a great comment on the former Deadspin writers started a new website. So Kelsey is essentially a sports writer. However, Defector does uh, vary into other topics as well. Mm -hmm. So you both were familiar with her writing. That's fair to say, right? She Not- joined Deadspin really late, like right okay. before they shut down, less than a year. I was more familiar with her Twitter. Okay. But she's into like college football, right? Uh, she's into blazeball. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> she's into also baseball. Yeah. She likes sports, but yeah. she isn't a sports writer. Okay. She's like a charming sort of... Like, I like her her quote sports unquote writing because she writes about things that I can relate to. Mm-hmm. Ha- don't you know? I don't really care about sports. Well, I think that but she writes about going to a baseball game and having to like figure out the um, condiment. condiment dispensary. Yeah, that's a post COVID. That's or, a great. Uh, yeah, so that's like a a thing that I can appreciate sure. and read about versus the very minutia that sports writing can mm-hmm. get into. Anyway, so Kelsey. This is her first book. Yep. I like what she has written on the internet. Scott usually sends me stuff, which mm-hmm. I appreciate. Um, I would say her book falls into the genre, which I do not like this term, of women's fiction. Okay. Oh, no. Which, Good God. <laughs> <laughs> it's a very broad descriptor. Um, it's typically fiction that's written by women about This is like an issues. unprecedented sort of thing that you're saying right now. What do you mean? I've never heard the term women's fiction in my entire life. Yeah. Emily's a librarian. Yeah, So we're going we're to yeah. go with her on this one. Are you yeah. licensed? No. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, so women's fiction. So it's about two sisters, 18 and 24, growing up in Texas. Can I, I'm just going to interrupt yeah. real quick. Yeah. I did not realize that Caroline was 18 in the yeah. very beginning. Was that something you guys had trouble following? No. She's yeah. a senior in high school. She's talking about going to the University of Texas. Mm-hmm. Did you go Caroline or Caroline? Caroline. It's Caroline. Is Caroline it? is it's, it's Caro. It's Caro for the most of the book. Yeah. She's, Caroline yeah. ends in L-I-N-E. Caroline yeah. is L-Y-N. Huh. Um, so two sisters in Texas, 18 and 24. The 24-year-old Abigail is getting married. So, so what's, a, hmm? what's the name of her uh, beau? Matthew. Mm-hmm. Correct. 
Um, Please don't quiz Emily during <laughs> just her kidding. fucking re- intro. I just want you guys to know that I read it. I'm sorry. <laughs> You're reading it. You have not read it yet. I, I'm reading it, too. So it takes place around one summer, the summer before Caroline heads to college and before Abigail's wedding is at the end of the summer. And it deals with um, a lot of issues around faith. Their They're father is a evangelicals. huge evangelical preacher in Texas. I think he's the... Um, third most popular evangelical church in the state. Well, he, he had did gone a, viral because of a right. promise keeper thing with your daughter where you won't... Uh, Not just your daughter, any girl. <laughs> any girl, which any, I thought that was, you know... It's a real thing. Yeah, it's definitely a real thing. A promise ring. They all yeah. wear them. Yeah. Uh, so Carolyn and Abigail wear There are two them. promise rings, though. There's a promise ring where you promise to abstain from sex until you're married. Mm-hmm. That's what we're talking about Still here. Still trying. <laughs> And then there's a promise ring where, like, it's like a pre-engagement ring where a, a uh, man will give it to so yeah. creepy. Yeah, so this was more of an abstinence. This was yeah. an abstinence. This was yeah. an abstinence yeah. ring. Yeah. yeah. Well, I, I I love what I'm reading. Mm-hmm. It's a world I'm completely unfamiliar with. Yeah. I think Kelsey is a very impressive writer. Extremely impressive, right? I I love. I it. just it, you know I'm at the age now where I'm just like she's writing a book like that's insane. She's thirty, I think. Jesus Christ, really? <laughs> she worked on it for five, six years, but to too. To be able to do that, when I, I've like written a few things in my day, I get sick of everything I've ever written. I look at a thing I've, writ- I've wrote, and I'm just like, I need to delete it. I'm sick of it. So for her to like do this and not just trash everything, which she might have done. She's tweeted sure about she has, it yeah. often, about, yeah. about the writing process and the ups and downs you go through it and how it's really... God not a baby but it's close to a baby and you're just kind of growing up with it you're changing it you're, yeah you're working on it all the time have you ever written anything long form no i think you'd be good at it he definitely would be and i've been telling him this for years and he refuses to listen to me i workshop ideas and then i throw them away yeah. I, I think that scott would be good at just just going with it and saving it i, I don't know i agree i mean he won't listen to us though. I, I think i think he's a funny guy i yeah. think that you're a you're confident with your ideas. No, he's not. That's the problem. Well, in the moment, he's confident. But yeah. let's move on. Write your book. <laughs> but no, I write I, a book. I I'm halfway through. Yeah. Um, I just got to like a little bit of a twist of well, you guys both write it, but like her grandmother committed suicide. Mm-hmm. Spoiler. So I'm at that point. We have not to a big spoiler. It's not, not a big yeah. spoiler. So I, I just think. But that those are the kind of spoilers in the book, though. It, it's those kind of life-altering revelations yeah right. they're living in their grandmother's house and right. well, they're as super there. religious people suicide is obviously not good it's a sin right. you can't go to heaven right right so they find out that the family covered it up and yeah. but like they're already covering up a shitload of stuff at this point right and so these two young girls are are figuring that out and then trying to figure out how they now can fit into this family yeah, who they've always held to such high esteem. i mean and the plot of the book is the their father, who is this big pastor in Texas, has just been revealed to have been having an affair. Yeah. And they have to struggle with the the notion that, you know, which is the great catch of Catholicism is you can be an asshole and sin all you want because you're always going to get yeah. forgiven. And you get these people, these pastors, these people in charge who take advantage of that. And this guy who is now cheating on his wife having an affair 
and he's leading a church and how do the people of the church trust him but well, then you have the church elders who are all the do the people that donate the money and that keep the church running they get to decide on whether or not he stays or goes and since he's a good pastor and they he's him. bringing in a lot of money they're probably going to forgive him but then the kids have no reason to forgive him right like and they're but struggling with it but the kids have a job and their job is to present a unified yeah. front because right. if the kids and the wife don't go along with this no one else is going to buy it right so what as an 18 year old girl who's been told who's been who's wearing an abstinence ring that her father and has she, made you she's wear already, she's already had a sexual experience yeah the first scene in the book is her Mm-hmm. Is yeah, is that now? Does Boyd come up again? Boyd was Abigail's boy, first crush. Yeah, he'll he'll come back. His okay. name's not Boyd, is it? I thought it was it's Boyd. not Boyd. It's oh. not Chad. I think. I don't know. No, it's, it's Chad not either. Chad. I thought his last name was Boyd. Give me your book behind you. <laughs> <laughs> uh, Boyd is. Doesn't it feel good to buy a book from an author, especially like, one that you like? Yeah. Feels great. Yeah. I don't know. I I do it often. I also utilize the library a lot. I can't speak we to steal. you guys who we steal, steal bad. Books hey, I've been buying more books. You have been. No, we I'll all buy bought Kelsey. this. We all bought this book. We all bought. Yeah. Yeah. So I, I felt good about that. It's a great cover. It's a good book. It's a really quick read for you know most people. Well, I'm glad you liked it. Um, you know, just stick with it. Finish it out. No, I'm gonna stick with it. I mean, it's 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 the dream of anyone to write a book. Emily, you'd like to write a book, I right? would love to write a book. Do you have any ideas? I have thousands of ideas. I just can't sit still long enough to. Oh, no. And then, you know, self-doubt. Connor Boyd. Connor, so there. I said it was Boyd. Yeah. Okay, yeah. all right. I mean, it just, you know. Um, that was the high school crush. Uh, they were dating. They were dating, yeah. They, they were, were dating. together. And Everyone kinda, assumed that they were going to be together yeah. for the long yeah. term. And then Connor went off and got married to somebody else. Mm-hmm. Well, Kelsey, you're killing it. I was going to email her and ask her to do an interview, but... I might be speechless if you do that. I know. I didn't want to, like... <laughs> I, I was... she. I probably could have made it work, but I'm like, no, nah, that's... She, I think she has a lot going on right now, because the book is, like... It, it debuted very highly. Has, has a someone, lot of big push, but she's also getting, like, more and more As someone who has, done, has scheduled interviews for something, nobody ever says no. They will make it work. I mean, reach out to her, but I, I, I have a feeling she has a lot going on right now at the moment. We'll try it. Um, okay. Quick move. Did you watch Top Chef finale? No, I'm at okay. the finale. Did you read about the controversy? Nope. Okay, we'll skip Staying on. Staying clean. Staying clean. We'll save that for our other podcast. We'll sa- <laughs> okay, great. Um, okay, uh, Baron Trump, he's 10 feet tall now. Did you see that? He's very tall. No, I have no interest I, I saw a tweet today about, like, what if Baron Trump turns into, like, an NBA all-star power <laughs> forward? That's so good. There's no white NBA power all... Uh, Kevin Love. Yeah, well, come on. I'm just... What What if? What if? That's true. No spectators at the Olympics. How do you feel about Shikari... Shikari... I don't know how to, her name. What was her last... Johnson? I don't know. Okay, so Shikari... Can you look it up? We have to edit this out. We're going to get... It. Anderson? No. The runner? Yes, yes. Johnson was an okay guess, but Anderson's out of line. Yeah. <laughs> One thing I was thinking about was that Shohan Hotani has just like been on fire Richardson. since. Yeah, Shikari Richardson. Shohan has been on fire since. Shohei. There's no end. Shohei. You're killing me here. You're turning into Sean Casey. No. Gambane. <laughs> As a, I'm, 
so we're playing Pandemic Legacy. Oh no! With, with our old friend Wait, Sean. Is this Casey. a modern story? Yeah. Oh my! God. We're doing this right now. Pandemic Legacy Season Zero, which is the third installment of a fantastic board game franchise. I don't like it. It's so good. It's so much fun. I'm gonna drag Emily into a. a you gonna bring eventually. it to Sean's house? No, we play at Brad's. Oh, you gonna I'm, bring it to Brad's house? <laughs> I've tried. She won't come. You've never been? It's a beautiful Not to the house. New house. No. Let me know when you go. I'd like to come as well. So our old friend Sean Casey has always had a history of pronouncing. Also, published author Sean Casey. Feel free. Did I ever tell you this real quick story? I'm going to do as fast as I can. Is this a thing you're going to have to cut? Nope. (laughs) Sean Casey wrote a book. Right. What's the name of the book? Hollow City. He writes this book. So I'm telling this kid I work with, Joe, Mm -hmm. that hey, you live in Raynham, and this like dumb dumb from Raynham wrote a book. That same weekend, he goes to Coletti's Market to buy a sub. He sees the book for sale on the counter. Because? Why? Sean worked there. <laughs> Works, right? He doesn't work there anymore. Maybe. He still fills in. Yeah. So the next day he comes to work, he's like, I saw that stupid book you were talking about <laughs> from that idiot who lived in Raynham. Did you read it? No. I'm way you too busy. It. I didn't read it. No? I read like a 10% of it. Okay. <laughs> I didn't have the time. Ebook. No, I have the hard. Co- I, have a, I have a paperback copy. Okay. Uh, I'll support him, even though I won't read him. <laughs> yeah. Well, he retired. He's a retired man. He's very old. But uh, <laughs> he always had a trouble pronouncing names, places, these kinds things. of things. Someone <laughs> else we know who has that same issue. This is like a different level. I don't know okay. who we're talking about. Don't look at me. No, it's a different level. <laughs> um, so in pandemic, we, we have a, a world map with mm-hmm. a lot of city names and things. And, you know, four people are playing this game. Three of them are saying the name the right way every single time. And they just, it's a little similar. <laughs> but it just doesn't it just doesn't click with them. And so we get some fun pronunciations out of it. Gambane was the best one. So, Olympics? Shakar Richardson yep. got screwed, but she didn't follow the rules. I don't know. What do you think about that? Uh, weed is not a performance enhancer. But it's classified by the Olympics. Yeah, change your fucking rules. All right, there we go. And this is the USA making the choice, though, right? It's not the Olympics. Um, Because the IOC doesn't oversee each individual country's participation. Jeez, I don't know. They definitely don't. Okay. They barely oversee the the Olympic Games one. Do you remember Russia? The, the system that Russia had for sneaking in and swapping out samples of blood and everything? No? I don't. No. It was very... It was exceedingly simple. Like, they just bore a hole in the wall and opened a door. And Jesus then, Christ. Put a hole. Good stories. Re- reach out to uh, Sochi. See if you can get an interview with uh, the IOC <laughs> we'll people there. What did you think of the Paul Hauser skit when he made fun of his wife and he felt bad about it? Are we back to I think you should leave? I think so. No, let's move on. to. So- yeah. I, well, I think we're, gonna, I think we're done. We we're hit done. everything. Yeah. Just quick rundown of other things you've been watching that you've been enjoying oh god uh hacks on hbo loved it i thought it was probably the best thing i've seen in 2020 i've heard only good things i'm shocked by patrick's like for it really come on i thought it was too wholesome 2021 i loved it i thought it was wholesome did you like it i liked it a lot okay it was very watchable i thought that what made it stand out was that the comedy was really good it was funny it wasn't perfect but it was really funny like gene smart really just kills it yeah. yeah. Did you watch Mare of Easttown yet? No. Okay. I love Mare of Easttown. Yeah. Have you watched it? Yes. So she's in a... both. Oh, yeah, yeah. She's the yeah. mother. She's uh, 
She's the best part of Mayor Beastown, honestly. That mother-daughter relationship. You would like Mayor Beastown. I'll get to it someday. Yeah, someday. Okay. Um, All right. Da, 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 da. Scott, something you've watched that you've enjoyed hmm. in the past month. Can't find anything? I watched The Ice Road. That's not very what, good. What's The Ice Road? I don't even know what that means. It's a Liam Neeson movie. Oh, I <laughs> knew it was. I wasn't sure. <laughs> it's basically taking like the concept of Ice Road Truckers and then distilling it into a cheesy movie. Uh, I, I don't, don't. I don't recommend that. I didn't that. watch that. Uh, that was what I watched the night I got back from California. I said, you know what? My uh, time schedule's all off. Let's save it to 3 a.m. Okay. Watch that. No sudden move. You want to discuss our Steven Soderbergh? I just threw on a little bit of Vince to kind of like groove us out. What did you think of No Sudden Move? I thought it was a very cromulent heist movie. <laughs> uh, it's pretty it's, good line. The cast is pretty fun. It was weird seeing... So David Harbour's in it. Yep. And he, he saved it. But he's also a big part of Black Widow. But Black Widow was probably filmed two years before. Yeah. So that whole thing felt a little weird. I did want to mention, um, in Black Widow, David Harbour plays uh, like the Russian Captain America, basically. Okay. What's his name? Um, Red Guardian. It's pretty cool. But it coincides really well with the end of Stranger Things season two three yeah okay. sure where david harbour gets sent off to russia three and i was trying to figure out how those all added up in like the timeline of his filming things because it, it's a good chance that like stranger things wrapped it up sent him off to russia and then black widow just picked him up and makes him a he has a really cheesy awful terrible accent in black widow <laughs> like it does not it's very it's almost offensive like but you can't really be offensive to russian accents yeah, you can. well he was hellboy too he did hellboy see uh like episode three or movie three he did hellboy i never saw that one i was a big ron perlman fan i was gonna say can scott pull out a ron, a ron perlman reference we don't know he did it he did i like ron perlman it's big <laughs> well, sons anarchy love Quiet Place Part 2. Anyone seen it? No. Nope. I like the speed round. I wish I had watched more of these things. I'm on a movie a night right now. Let's go. Like, you're doing what I would love to do, but I don't think you guys have seen all the things that I've seen. No. Uh, well, I asked you, and you just said hacks. <laughs> I like hacks. I loved it. I, it was my, I loved it. And I, I, don't, I didn't find any. No set of move was perfectly cromulent. I didn't see it. It's a fun cast. It's on HBO Max. Yep. Yep. Um, if you like heist movies, definitely watch it. You'll Do enjoy it. you like it. heist movies? Don Cheadle's really sure. good. Don Cheadle's really good. Everyone, Benicio was fine. Like, I, yeah. It wasn't a bad Benicio. He wasn't over the top. Mm-hmm. Quiet Place Part 2. Any interest? Nope. None. No, none. I'll Have watch you... it. I like the first one. All right. It's on the Plex. Okay. Feel free to enjoy. <laughs> the what Tomorrow else? War? I liked it, but I thought it was very stupid. I mostly agree. Uh, it was a little better than I thought it was going to be, but I like when Starship Troopers did the whole thing just yeah. better. Like, there's no satire in Tomorrow War. No, and that Star- Starship was 100% all satire. So right. That's a great... You know what? Scott makes a great point. There was no satire. It was too serious. Well, And that's why they needed more Sam Richardson, because they bring in this really good character who lightens everything up, and, and then they just get rid of him. And for then the they're mi- asking whole... him to play a comedic role, and it doesn't really fit. It, 
it did, but they just didn't give it time. They to didn't breathe. lean into it. Yeah, they made him kind of like the the negative guy on the the team. Yeah, that has to be watched over. And what the fuck was Chris Pratt's character like? The beginning, he's like, oh, I didn't really. It didn't make a lot of yeah, sense. Yeah, it didn't really. Tomorrow War, Tomorrow Bore. <laughs> <laughs> didn't care for it. It was okay. It, it's it's not good. Well, like when when there's movies now that like this would have been a major release and you're like i can throw it on amazon when i'm sitting down here and yeah it's an quit. easy yeah. yeah uh i want it to be good and my last one which i believe emily watched today is, I, just, I love scott speed round i love this summer of soul directed so by good. Questlove. i haven't seen it i heard it's it was amazing. very good what who i heard you need to change who you talk to <laughs> i uh so one of the shows I listen to, Bennington on satellite radio, Ronald Bennington. He did not care for it. Why? What was his criticism? He thought the performances weren't very good. What? I, that's I, just, I, I, I haven't watched it yet. Good God! That's a crazy take. It's a documentary. Did the fans like the performances? Were they digging them? Yeah. Okay, <laughs> I, I, I'll watch it. I'll watch it for next time we record. All right. Is that what he said? He was surprised that the people that were watching the performance weren't really like digging it. He also thought that Sly was didn't do a very good job because he had done Woodstock before that and went. He did insane. Woodstock after. Oh, really? Yes. Okay. He did Woodstock after. So this I was also like Sly was really good. So good. I love Sly and the Family Stone. Yeah. We're gonna, gonna go. Like he was really good. The um the people in the audience thing, I can see a few instances of that. I'm not like making this up. I'm telling you what he said. No, no, Just no. Because no. I, no. I I also had a similar thought a few times, but it, it's more like they, they had no idea how to react. I mean, no, there also weren't that many cameras. Like you're basically stuck on one or two camera shots, and so if the people you're looking at aren't loving it, when they did like the overall crowd shots and stuff. And you can always hear cheering in the background. Yeah. I just think that the uh, there was really only one or two close-situated crowd shots mm-hmm. because this was a very small production. They did not have a lot of money from the city to film this. Mm-hmm. It wasn't... They had no money. No. It was like... They didn't even have lights. Jeez. Like that, So the, when they built the stages, they had to face the stages to, towards the sun so that they would have light to be able to see everything. Should we just you give a quick rundown of what this was? Yeah, we probably should do that. Summer of Soul documentary, like Scott said. On Hulu. D- directed by Questlove. Um, it was a music festival that took place in Harlem. The same time period, the same summer of Woodstock, so 1969. Um, mainly black audience, largely black performers. Yep. Um, but no one has ever heard of it. I think it, that... It's like a mythical I will thing. watch it, and we can talk about it next time. Yeah. Okay. But I just, I thought the person that I, you know, reviewed it said it was disappointing. I don't know what to tell you. It's just not an opinion I've heard a lot. Yeah. I, it's right. a weird opinion. It's a weird take. Oh, good God. It's my fucking radio hero. <laughs> anyway, I think that, you know, for a, a long time, no see. I think we had a pretty good night tonight. I don't know. We'll see. Scott? I'm okay with it. That's yeah, a, I mean, yeah. God damn it. I mean, it's Tim Robinson <laughs> back in a big way. It, yeah. Yes. What are your concerns? We'll, we'll end it, and then we'll talk about okay. it. Okay. <laughs> All right. Uh, we're going to play a little Sly and the Family Stone, Take You Higher. That should be exciting, right? It was in the dock. And I think we'll be back at some point. 
I Christ, hope. I hope so. <laughs> I know. Jeez Louise. The ratings are great. The listens are crazy. Love you guys. We'll be back. Bye. See ya.